You are listening to an SAFM podcast, 104 to 107 nationwide. Stream us live on www.safm.co.za or via the SABC Plus app. SABC News, independent and impartial. Economists say while the President's State of the Nation address was effective or reflective of past achievements in the democratic dispensation, it did not adequately provide solutions for the current economic challenges facing the country. They argue that plans are to address the electricity and logistic crisis have merely been reiterated while implementation continues to lag. While business calls for greater public-private sector participation, Kosato welcomes the various commitments but laments the lack of timelines. Naledi Ngobo reports. Delivering the final State of the Nation address of the sixth administration, President Cyril Ramaphosa emphasized that the reforms initiated by government and the work underway will end load shedding, improve the logistics system, achieve water security, and ultimately create jobs. However, Chief Economist at Efficient Group Davi Root argues that the president failed to paint a realistic picture of the current state of affairs in the country or take accountability. The, the president is so completely and totally out of touch about the reality in South Africa that I think he must be living in another country. Uh, there's nothing about the complete collapse of the local authorities, of a complete disintegration of the state-owned enterprises, of the collapse of the, the fiscal accounts. And the president reckons everything is just going honky-dory. And everything is being fixed and we're making progress of just about on every level. That is completely untrue. Business Unity South Africa CEO Kaz Kovadia says there's no doubt that the country has improved since 1994, but says more work still needs to be done. He says the president should test the constitutionality of the National Health Insurance Bill as it would not be advisable to sign it in its current form. The achievements that the president talked about in energy, in logistics, in crime and corruption are all as a result of, in our view, government opening up space for the private sector to get involved, to partner government and to use the private sector skills and capacity. But we have a problem that to consistently say that we have increased the number of people on social grants, to consistently say that we have increased the number of people on child grants, that's not something we should be aiming to do. We should be actually aiming to reduce those numbers because we have grown the economy and people have jobs. Parliamentary coordinator at COSATU, Matthew Parks, says the commitments made by the president, including the extension of the SRD grant, are welcome. However, However, the lack in detail on timeframes is concerning. Parks says government needs to do more to drive infrastructure programs to stimulate economic growth. He says the overall statistics facing the working class community remain frightening. A commitment to build upon the success of the presidential employment program, which we think needs to be expanded to include at least 2 million unemployed youth. We do acknowledge there's real progress around the electricity front, as compensated relief package, reducing load shedding from 12 hours to 2 hours a day and less. We need to maintain that and build upon that. We hear there's progress around transit, but we need to see more action. Infrastructure, we you know appreciate the progress in investing in water dams, but much more needs to be done with regards to the overall infrastructure program, which has been since September last year and really needs to be unlocked to grow the economy. I'm now leading Melbourne, Johannesburg. 
For more on Sona, we're joined on the line by the DA's National Spokesperson, Werner Horn. A very good morning to you, sir, and welcome. Good morning. My apologies, and good morning to your listeners. Now, we believe that some opposition parties say that the President uh, Ramaphosa's uh, State of the Nation address last night was nothing more than repetition of ideas and old broken promises. Is that what your takeaway was? Thank you. Yes. Um, as expected, of course, the, the President, I think, tried to use his speech to an extent to, to set the scene for what the ANC will, will tell voters in the run-up to the election. Um, looking at life before 1994 and, and, and life in the 30 years thereafter, whilst, of course, the State of the Nation address should have been primarily about uh, uh, the way his administration fared over the last five years. And uh, when, when, when that is even brought into the picture, I think there was a, a lot of inflation of, of what has been achieved. And then in terms of, of the, the key issues facing our country today, yes, we're broadly in agreement that uh, old promises in very vague terms without uh, specific time frames, without detail as to what, what the interventions that he again announced would entail was, was largely, largely characterized his, his, his speech. Now, the president says that the story of the first 30 years of our democracy can be best told through the life of a child called Tintualo, born at the dawn of democracy in 1994. As the DA, do you believe that the story of Tintualo was a sign of perhaps desperation by the ANC-led government? Well, you know, I think it's it's an attempt to to humanise the 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 the, the road our, our country has, has travelled. The difficulty of Tanzwalu and and the children of democracy is, of course, that this story the president told um, is really um, to a large extent for most of the children of democracy not their story. It might be that there is one or two of them who have, have walked that specific path. Uh, but if you if you listen to the president, I, I mean to to a large extent, I think he's he, uh, the story of Tinsualu he told was, was so far fetched that even some ANC members laughed at it. The reality is that in in respect of more, more or less everything he he linked to Tinsualu, uh, there's huge exceptions and um, huge failures to deliver. Um, he talked about. Um, access to water. Now, of course, that <laughs> that is is a, 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 a strange term, in the sense that uh, you know he didn't say whether it is on-site access for swallow at the home. He didn't say whether um, every day of the year, or at least uh, the vast majority of days of the year, when Tinsualu reaches that tap that gives her access to water, whether the tap would be dry or not. Mm-hmm. He talked about the fact that she, she has electricity, whilst we all know that that all of us don't ha- always have electricity. And then he, he spoke about, uh, he linked even uh, education to this, claiming that every child now uh, gets a, a meal per day, whilst um, for the struggling schools, the the provision is three rand a day, and, and on average, if you take into account all schools, it's uh, it's less than 50 cents per day that's provided to schools for for, for meal purposes. So there's a, a huge disjuncture about this, what this mm-hmm. government has put in place, and the, the, the 
the average impact yes. on the children of democracy versus maybe one or two individuals who've, who've struck gold in the process. Mr. Horn, just finally, do you share the President's sentiment that the worst is behind us, and that the end of load shedding is finally within reach? Sure. You know what makes it very difficult to believe that is, of course, the fact that from this government and the president himself, we've heard that so many times. I mean, when he was still the deputy president, he assured the country that within 24 months, load shedding would end. Um, and then to also claim that this, it is an achievement of this government that private households and companies have added uh, about the capacity of a Kuberg to the to to electric electricity generation through rooftop solar i mean that's uh, just not not honest all of them did so out of desperation because government didn't fix load shedding mm-hmm. from where we're yes. sitting um, of course the 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 announcement once again are sadly in fairly vague terms about further mm-hmm. opening up of generation capacity and dealing with escom um, yeah. again repeating the 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 promise to to uh, separate it into three units is promising, but we need more detail. Thank you so much, Werner Horn. That's the DA's national spokesperson. For more on the story, we join on the line by Professor Yanni Rousseau, visiting professor at Wits Business School. Very good morning to you, Professor. Looking at some of the points raised uh, around fixing the economy and the country's energy crisis, now according to the presidency, the administration took office with a mandate to grow the economy, create employment, reduce poverty. Uh, but some opposition parties say that the progress has been made in improving in uh, the, the country's economy is... What is your take on all of this? Because the previous presidency was described as nine wasted years, but is the country's economy worse off since the president, Ramaphosa, took office, you think? Good morning, Elvis. Good morning to the listeners. Elvis, in short, when Mr. Ramaphosa became president, he came with a lot of goodwill and he made a lot of promises, and he has simply not delivered on the promises his administration has simply not, as we've heard, promises about progress again in last night's sonar. We've heard these promises over the past five years. We've not seen the results. So from that perspective, in my view, the Ramaphosa presidency, the spirit was nothing but more wasted years because our economy is not accelerated to high growth on a sustainable level. And with high growth, I mean something like four or five percent economic growth per annum, which is high enough to create jobs for a growing population. Our economic growth rate is lower than our population growth rate. Mm -hmm. Now, there's more and more emphasis on the private sector's involvement in the economy. Does this hold a promising prospect, you think, and does does such emphasis inspire investor confidence? Indeed. uh, I feel positive about the uh, emphasis on bigger role for the private sector. The challenge, however, is that Mr. Ramaphosa must first convince his own cabinet colleagues how important the role of the private sector is before he talks about it in the sauna, because it's clearly not supported by all his cabinet colleagues. His cabinet colleagues believe that the government should play a bigger role in the economy. To talk about the bigger role for the private sector in the sauna, but at the same time tell us that the government is going to take over the whole health care system uh, with the new health uh, bill that he is looking for a pin to sign or something like that. 
I mean, it makes no sense on the one side calling on the private sector and on the other, other side telling the private sector they're not welcome. I, I just don't understand how he squares the circle. And, and clearly, he does not have support for this view amongst all his own cabinet colleagues. The, pres- mm-hmm. the only way forward for South Africa is to give a bigger role to the private sector. The president also indicated that a lot more people is now in employment. But despite this increase in employment since 1994 to now, why is the unemployment rate still at its highest? And what factors contributed to this apparent paradox, you think? Well, of course, more people will be in employment because there was economic growth since 1994. However, in the past, call it decade, economic growth was lower than population growth, and therefore unemployment grew. But uh, the other statement that I really do not believe, Mr. Ramaphosa said, the last five five years was a period of recovery, rebuilding, and renewal. Well, I I wonder whether Mr. Ramaphosa believes himself when he says this, because I doubt that anyone else in the country will believe such a statement that we've seen recovery, rebuilding the renewal in the last five years. We've just seen more of the same with load shedding, with ports not working, with transnet not working, pointing towards a government that no longer has the ability to run the country. Thank you so much for your time, Professor Yanni Rousseau, visiting professor at the Wits Business School. For more reaction to this, we now join on the line by political analyst, Dr. Pete Krokamp. A very good morning to you, doctor, and welcome. Good morning. Now, Doctor, you heard some, some political leaders say that Ramaphosa merely repeated what he has been saying since he took office in 2018. It's almost like a broken record. Uh, and, and there's a lot of promises. What do you make of the overall State of the Nation address by the President last night? Yeah, you know, uh, I, I can remember the last, uh, uh, I think at least twice uh, before, I was, uh, I thought the President made a remarkable speech the first time he became President, uh, the first time now. It uh, was a remarkable speech. They often repeated it, and uh, one, uh, uh, I think, gave him the benefit of the doubt that uh, to change things and, uh, uh, and you know, uh, because of state, state capture, things will have, uh, will have taken time. But I, I, I honestly think last night was perhaps the poorest uh, speech the president has ever made. It was, it was literally a repeat of things that I thought, you know, it, it, it's so more dynamic. It's election year. Uh, but if you've listened to last night's speech, you will have thought that South Africa is the most well-managed, the most prosperous country on the African continent. I think if you stood in an informal settlement last night and you watched the window, you watched uh, the TV, uh, you will, there was no way that you could have related to the South Africa that the president has talked about. And I think in the election year, you must speak to the people uh, in a way that they can relate the world, they're living with your ambitions and your ideas. And I think the president felt sure of that last night. Now, the president tried to humanize South Africa's story with the narrative of Tinsualo, and he used that story to highlight the ANC government's achievements. But is the story of uh, Tinsualo the reality of for most South Africans, you think? Well, it might be a reality for maybe one person or two people, but the real thing is that it must be a reality for South Africans. I think that's the term that you just used. And I honestly think if you think about 43% unemployment, if you think that, uh, that we, I'm at the Northeast University, 
I think we got uh, 120, 130,000 applications. We could only take 8,000 at uh, university, which means more than 120,000 people uh, couldn't get access to, to the university. Uh, we should have built a lot more universities. Uh, and the TVET colleges that the president uh, is on about, uh, there's so much problems at the, at the TVET colleges. And the students that come from the TVET colleges are, uh, many of them are unemployed, a massive percentage of them are unemployed. I don't have to figure on me, but I know that it, it is not necessarily a route to, to employment in South Africa. It, yeah, it, it, it's a picture that is painted that there's got very little, little reality for so many people. And it's unfortunate. It's really, really unfortunate because the mm. president, there's so much more to this president. And I just think last night he just missed it completely. What do you make of the sentiments by some opposition parties who also felt that the president used this platform to basically campaign for the ANC ahead of the general elections by narrating its achievements through that story of Tensualo? <laughs> you could argue like that, but it's absolutely nonsense. You know, he's the president of the country. He's the, the majority of South Africans do vote for the ANC or voted in the past, voted for the ANC. And obviously, he will speak the language of the party and the majority of South Africans. I, could, I, I understand everything. It's just a lack of substance. I don't mind the anecdotes. I don't mind the fact that you could argue that from time to time he's really just uh, saying the things, hoping that it has some electoral impact uh, eventually. But Every president, every prime minister anywhere in the world would have done exactly the same. They just would have done it perhaps a little bit better than the president has done it. Just with more uh, authenticity, more believable. But uh, it, it, uh, I have no problem with it. I think that's the criticism of opposition parties is meaningless. It's just, okay. We had no dis- we had no disruptions last night. Um, uh, what impact do you think the absence of the EFF had on Sona, and how do you think it affected the EFF as a party? Well, last night I spoke, spoke to a colleague, and he said, well, the reason, uh, the fact that the uh, EFF wasn't there, at last we could have listened very carefully to the president's speech, and per- at last it created a context of a president uh, that speaks his mind uh, in an election year. Imagine last, uh, last night the EFF was there, and we would have had some sympathy actually with the president, that he wanted to say something and he can't really say it, and that... The, the EFF might have become a sort of an enemy in our eyes uh, in the context of democracy. This is, after all, a representative institution. It's our parliament, and it's being disrupted. You, you do develop a degree of sympathy with the president. But last night, he didn't have that benefit of the doubt. There was no disruption at all the time in the world. Uh, he could have written a much better speech. He could have uh, spoken more to, to the average South African. He would have understood that uh, this is uh, an ANC that has had many, many problems to govern well, that... Uh, it's incredibly weak. If, if you, let, me, let me give you an example. Just last week, the, 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 the Human Rights Commission released a report in which it said that the South African police is so poor, they're so under-resourced, they're so inadequate in terms of completing or uh, fulfilling their duties. And they were actually blamed for much of the, the things that happened in July 2021 uh, and for the deaths. And it, it's just an incredibly horrible picture that's painted about the police. If you listen to the president last night, it is as if you've spoken to the most efficient, most effective police force in, mm. in the world. Normal South Africans living in informal settlements, living in townships that face the absence of the police, that face the corruption of the police, the weakness of the police, sometimes the, mm-hmm. the brutality of the police, they will yes. not relate to that. Thank you. Dr. Pitt Krokamp, a political analyst, he is at the Northwest University. You can find SAFM Current Affairs on 104 to 107 nationwide.
our podcasts are available for download on all our digital platforms. SAFM, leading the conversation.